On this episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we'll talk about the scary story of alien invasion that did or didn't really happen. Welcome to the Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome, Mystery Kids, to Halloween, the best month to be a Mystery Kids and hear mystery stories. Oh, this is so much fun. So today I have a fantastic and incredible, crazy story for you. But before we get to that, let's get to our birthdays for the month. And October has a lot of birthdays. So happy birthday to Fox Cooper, Isaiah Russell, Mia, Lawrence, Mateo, Angela Shacklin, AJ, Dexton Hastings, and Jensen Hastings, Aaron Gartrell, Micah, Mia and Lawrence Wilkie, Adelaide, Margot, Margot, Jackson, Ryan, Kendall Stocks, Quinn, Lily, Gray, Anya, Aria, Kina Ray, Ella Blue, and Aubrey. Happy, happy birthday this wonderful October. We are going to jump right into this episode. This is the story of the War of the World Scare. And this is... I, so the movies come out. You may not be ready for this. It's kind of an older movie, but when I... There's multiple versions of it. Um, but I'm just going to kind of tell you what the book that it's based off is about. The War of the Worlds was written by H.G. Wells, and it was originally published in 1898. Now, it's a science fiction novel that tells the story of an alien invasion of Earth. The novel follows an unnamed narrator as he witnesses the destruction caused by aliens and their advanced technology. The aliens, which in the story they're referred to as Martians, are conquering the Earth in an attempt to gain resources and find a new home. As humanity fights to survive the invasion, the narrator discovers that the Martians are not all invincible and their own weakness can be used against them. So The War of the Worlds is a thrilling and suspenseful novel that examines the consequence of war between two vastly different species. So that's telling what the story's about of The War of the Worlds. So it was on Halloween morning in 1938 that Orson Welles awoke to find himself the most talked about man in America. Now, the night before, Welles and his Mer Mercury Theater on the air had performed a radio adaptation of H.G. Wells' The War of the Worlds, converting the 40-year-old novel into fake news bulletins that described the Martian invasion of New Jersey. Right? This sounds like such a fun idea. It's similar to like how we have podcasts today that tell incredible stories. That's what they did. And back then, like they didn't have anything else. So they just listened to this, this story on the radio. So fun, right? Well, some of the listeners actually mistook the bulletins for the real thing. And their anxious phone calls to the police, newspaper offices, and radio stations convinced many journalists that the show had caused a nationwide hysteria. By the next morning, the 23-year-old Wells' face 
and name were on the front page of newspapers coast to coast, along with headlines about the mass panic his CBS broadcast had inspired. Now, Wells barely had time to glance at the papers, leaving him with only this horrible, vague sense of what he'd done to the country. He'd heard reports of mass stampedes, of angered listeners threatening to kill him on sight. If I planned to wreck my career, he told several people at a time, I couldn't have gone about it better. With his livelihood and possibly his life on the line, Wells went before a dozen of reporters, photographers, and newsreel cameramen in a hastily arranged press conference in the CBS building. Each journalist asked him some variation of some basic questions. Had he intended or did he anticipate that the War of the Worlds would throw his audience into panic? The questions that would follow Wells for the rest of his life, and his answers changed as the years went on. From um, being like, no, nope, I, I had no idea, to playful hints that he knew exactly what he was doing all along. Now, the truth can only be found among long-forgotten script drafts and the memoirs of Wells' collaborators, which capture the chaotic behind-the-scenes saga of the broadcast. No one involved with the War of the Worlds expected to deceive any listeners because they all found the story too silly and improbable to be taken seriously. The Mercury's desperate attempt to make the show seem halfway believable succeeded, almost by accident, far beyond their wildest expectation. So by the end of October 1938, Wells' Mercury Theater on Air had been on CBS for 17 weeks. A low-budget program without a sponsor, the series had built a small but loyal following with fresh adaptations of a literary classic. But for the week of Halloween, Wells wanted to do something really different from its regular offerings. In a 1960 court deposition of a lawsuit suing CBS to be recognized as the broadcast's rightful co-author, Wells offered an explanation for his inspiration of the War of the World. I have conceived the idea of doing a radio broadcast in such a manner that a crisis would actually seem to be happening, he said, and would be broadcast in such a dramatized, dramatized form as to appear to be a real event taking place at the time, rather than mere radio play. Without knowing which book he wanted to adapt, Wells brought the idea to Johnson, John Houseman, his producer, and Paul Stewart, a veteran radio actor who co-directed the Mercury broadcast. Now, the three men, they discussed various works of science before they decided to settle on H.G. Wells' 1990 or 1898 novel, The War of the World, even though Houseman doubted that Wells had ever even read it. The original The War of the World story recounts a Martian invasion of Great Britain around the turn of the 20th century. Now, the invaders easily defeat the British armies thanks to their advanced weaponry, which is like a heat ray and a poisonous black smoke only to be felled by an earthly disease and against which they have no immunity. The novel's a powerful satire of British imperialism. The most powerful colonizer of the world suddenly find itself colonized, and its first generation of readers would not have found its premise implausible. So in 1877, the Italian astronomer Giovanni had observed a series of dark lines on the Martian surface, which he called Canali, which is Italian for channels. In English, Canali got mistranslated to canals, a word implying that these were not natural formations, but somebody had built them. Wealthy, self-taught astronomer Percival Lowell popularized, popularized 
This misconception in a series of books describing a highly intelligent canal building Martian civilization. Now, H.G. Wells, he drew liberally from these ideas in crafting his alien invasion, the first of its kind, and his work inspired an entire generation of science fiction. By 1938, the War of the Worlds had become familiar to children throughout the medium of comic strips and many succeeding novels and adventure stories as Orson Welles told the press that day at his broadcast. So basically this story of this astronomer who saw the Canali, which means channels, which channels are naturally forming, which got translated to in English to canals, which people have to build canals up on Mars. And they're like, this has to be, it has to be aliens. And that's people were kind of like, oh my gosh, there's literally evidence of aliens and it kind of got spread. And that was where um, H.G. Wells kind of got that idea in his, in his, writing his book. So after Wells selected the book for adaptation, Houseman passed it on to Howard Coach, a writer recently hired to script the Mercury broadcast with instructions to convert it into like, breaking news bulletin so like on those shows where they're like emergency broadcast this is going on that's what they wanted to do which they didn't have tv at that time so they didn't need to make up like video of what was happening they could just put it into audio form um he took an immediate dislike to it he thought it was really dull and a dated story um 19 or uh, 19 1930 science fiction was largely for children um, it was like alien invaders, um, were like the Sunday funnies and in folk magazines. And the idea that intelligent Martians might actually exist had been discredited. So even with the fake news, he really struggled to turn it into a radio adaptation in a week. But on Tuesday, October 25th, three days of work, coach called Houseman to say that War of the Worlds was hopeless. Ever the diplomat Houseman rang off with the promise to see if Wells might agree to adapt another story, but when he called Mercury Theater, he couldn't get his partner on the phone. Wells had been rehearsing his next stage production for 36 hours straight, and he was exhausted. So with no other option, Houseman called Coach back and he lied. Wells said he was determined to do the Martian novel this week. He encouraged Coach to get back to work and offered suggestions on how to improve the script. Now Coach worked through the night and the following day, filling countless yellow legal pad pages with his elegant, frequently illegible handwriting. And by sundown on Wednesday, he had finished the complete draft, which Paul Stewart and a handful of Mercury actors rehearsed the next day. Now, Wells was not present, but the rehearsal was recorded in an acetate disc for him to listen to later that night. So everyone heard it, but later agreed that this stripped down production with no music and only the most basic sound effects was a disaster. The rehearsal recording has apparently not survived, but a copy of Coach's first draft script, like the same draft they used in rehearsal, is preserved among his papers in the Wisconsin Historical Society in Madsen. It shows that Coach had already worked out much of the broadcast fake news style, but several key elements that made the final show so terrifyingly convincing were missing at this stage. So like in the original novel, this draft is divided into two acts they're about the same. And the second act actually talks a lot about the wanderings of a lone survivor. Most of the previous Mercury broadcasts resembled the second act of War of the Worlds, and it's titled First Person. So it's the first person talking during all of this. 
So Helson and Stewart tore into the script, passing their notes to coach for frantic last minute rewrites. And unlike in most radio dramas, the station break in War of the Worlds would come to about two thirds of the way through, not the halfway mark. No one in the Mercury realized that listeners who tuned in late and missed the opening announcements would have to wait almost 40 minutes for a disclaimer explaining the show was fiction. So basically, if someone came in in the middle of it and they are in this newscast going, you know, breaking news, oh no, the aliens are landing right now, like, and you're listening to this frantic person on the radio talk about something that's happening far away from them, and there's no disclaimer to be like, so this is all from a book? People were just... They had no idea what was going on. Radio audiences had come to expect that fictional programs would be interrupted on the half hour for station identification. So breaking news, on the other hand, they didn't need to follow these rules. People who believed the broadcast to be real would be even more convinced when the station break failed to come at 8.30. So the way it worked during that time is basically like the news comes on at a certain time every half an hour. And when it didn't come on at its regular time, they realized, oh my gosh, this is probably true. So that's that was probably a big indicator of what could have possibly happened. So crazy, crazy like draft to get this all coming up. It was written within a couple days and they tried to make the show sound as realistic as possible, but they didn't think that they did that good of a job. They honestly were like, it's okay, but it's all right. And one of the technicians said, it's actually really dull and it's probably gonna put people to sleep. But mid-afternoon on October 30th, 1938, just hours before airtime, Wells went into the studio for rehearsal, got ready to go, and he, he read the script for all of that. And so for those who did not, 40 minutes would seem like hours. It was chaos for people all around the country. So at the press conference the next morning after the show, Wells repeatedly denied that he ever intended to deceive his audience, but hardly anyone then or since has ever taken him to his word. His performance captured by newsreel cameras seems too remorseful and contrite and his words were chosen too carefully. So he kind of became an instant celebrity and so did this story. I honestly think it probably even helped in the sales of the book as it went on too. Um, He said that he was really hiding his delight that Halloween morning because he was able to fool so many people and had to, he, he didn't think it would happen, but he accidentally made this incredible story. So it is, such a fun story. I mean, can you imagine like getting on your TV and having like something crazy being like, oh, aliens, they've landed, they're here. And there's nothing going against it. There's no other way to check and see if it's true or not. You only have that story going on. I can understand why back then you would be in a mass panic. News did not travel as fast and as quick and you can't double check things like you can today. So I hope you enjoyed the story of the War of the World scare. Thanks for listening.